In 2021, the demand for new school choice programs and expansions of existing programs has seen unprecedented growth. Parents, now more than ever, are looking to take control of their child's education and environment and are using their voices to advocate in favor of these opportunities. The American Federation for Children, AFC, works nationally to establish, expand, and defend those opportunities for students and their families. Through legislative work, education of families eligible for scholarships, and partnerships formed with schools, AFC seeks to make sure every child has the opportunity to attend the school of their choice. Visit www.federationforchildren.org for more information. NCA is proud to work with AFC and we support their efforts for parental choice. Greetings and welcome to the NCA podcast. We're so glad today to have Bruce Hermy with us. Bruce is the National Director of School Partnerships for AFC. And Bruce, your work takes you around the country. You get to interact with a lot of private schools, Catholic schools in particular, for, for our benefit. And I want to know, how did you get this job? How did you decide, I'd like to do that? Well, well uh, good afternoon, Kathy. And first and foremost, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, so I'm a career educator, um, and I spent 15 years in the Diocese of Phoenix as a teacher and dean of students at the high school level, and then I became a K-8 principal uh, for a number of years. Um, and during that time period in Arizona, uh, where I was located, I got to experience firsthand the power of school choice and the ability to, to use school choice um, for parents to provide the educational environment for their children that they desired. Um, and being able to work in that environment, I saw firsthand the impact it had on families and kids. And so when the opportunity came to work for the American Federation for Children, um, I jumped at the chance because it was an opportunity to extend that ability to families around the nation. Um, and, and selfishly, I'll be honest, it was an opportunity for me to meet educators, uh, school leaders in, in all parts of the nation um, and, and learn a lot, which I have over the past three years. I know what you mean in my position now, Ashley, I am amazed at how smart school leaders are in the non-public domain for me, for Catholic schools in particular. They're amazing. And they've proved it this last year. They have, you know, in talking to school leaders around the nation, you know, the resourcefulness, the, the commitment that's always there, I think, from our Catholic school leaders, but the ability to kind of push through um, and provide environments for, for faculty to feel safe and for kids to have a safe place to go during the day to continue to learn. You just, you can't say enough positive things about those on the, on the front lines who've provided those opportunities for, for the kids. I could not agree more. They, they've they just been amazing. So so kudos to them. And um, I agree. It's, it's one of the joy of our work when you work nationally to be able to hear about those people, meet those peoples and be in awe of them. So um, your work does take you across the country. Can you tell us, give us a picture of where school choice is in the United States and how many states are involved and, and what it looks like? Because every state is a little bit different. Sure. So uh, first of all, as the American Federation for Children, we're a national nonprofit school choice organization um, that engages in the formation and expansion and defense of school choice nationwide. Um, we also work legislatively to help elect candidates who support school choice and give parents those options. 
Um, and I have to say that, you know, so far 2021 has been a, a wave of school choice success. Um, we've seen five new programs um, in states be established. We've seen expansions in 10 states to existing programs. And, and currently, without those even enacted yet, um, there are 600,000 students, over 600,000 students nationwide who are currently using school choice scholarships to attend the school of their choice. Um, and this is taking place in over half the states in America. Um, so there are opportunities um, that continue to grow nationwide. There are more opportunities than ever for parents to choose that right educational environment for their children. Um, and, and our Catholic schools are kind of at the forefront of providing those opportunities for, for kids to come and for parents to choose our Catholic schools um, to, to have their child educated in, in every facet of their being. And I think that's really important to note. You know, I, I believe the Catholic Church is the only church that says in church documents that parents are the first, the primary educators of their children. And I think that's an important principle on which all of this work rests. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, school choice is parent driven, um, first and foremost. The reason school choice exists is because parents want the opportunity um, to put their child in the right place and feel good about the growth they're seeing in their child on a daily basis. So why would you say that school choice is so important? Is it because parents do deserve the right to say where their child is educated? Or, or are there other reasons that we should support school choice? Well, I think first and foremost, obviously, you know, as you said, we view parents as the primary educators of their children. So we expect them to know what their parent, what their children need most. Um, and, and with that idea, having their children's best interests, parents, you know, we trust them to evaluate schools against what their child's needs are um, and say, this is the right place for you to partner in their growth as they go through using the scholarships, um, in this case, in our Catholic school specifically. Uh, but other reasons we should support school choice, I think it gives opportunities to those who would not otherwise have them. Some are fortunate enough to choose the school environment by where they can afford to purchase real estate uh, and afford to live. But there are a lot of people who are zoned into schools with failing schools um, don't have the ability to simply pick up and move and put their child in a different environment. And school choice opens those pathways and doors. Um, you know, we have an initiative at, at the American Federation for Children called Voices for Choice, in which we've captured over 600 stories of families and parents specifically um, who've used school choice to, to open those doors for their kids and to have them be successful because they're in the right environment that allows them to grow. The Voices for Choice website, when you and I talked a, a week or two ago, you mentioned that. So I went to that website. Those stories are fantastic. You know, you need Kleenex, or I did, <laughs> because some of them are so heartwarming. And, and schools are making a difference. They are transforming children children's lives. They are. And I think, you know, schools are key in this initiative, too, because um, when, you know, our communications department, when they do this work and they're given access to these families or put in touch with them to, to capture these stories, they're not just telling the story of school choice, but they're telling the story of the school itself and how it's impacted the child, um, the impact that the teachers in the schools have had on the kids, the impact the community has had on the kids. Um, and it really is the best testimonial for those forming laws and putting these things into place um, as to why school choice is necessary and the benefits that come from it when kids are given these opportunities. Right. And, and it's hard when when legislators talk to parents and the parents have these stories to tell. It's it has to be difficult to be a bit against something that has worked so well. And yeah. so I, I think your your voices um, website, it, it, it's a great one. So um, check that out.
listeners because it's it's worth your time. Um, what are everything has a positive side and a negative side. What's the downside of school choice? So uh, for me, I don't really see a downside to school choice because we're putting the power in the parents' hands. Um, you know, some would argue, you know, financial ramifications. Some would argue um, segregation issues. I think if you really look into school choice, look at the studies that have been done. Um, you know, there have been 20, we recently released a, a document, 27 studies were analyzed, 25 found um, school choice had a positive impact on all schools and kids in the area where it exists. Um, one found a neutral result, result one found um, a neutral to negative result. So overwhelmingly stories have shown that school choice has a positive impact um, on students, not only in, in the schools using the scholarships, but in the surrounding areas. Um, you know, I think Florida is kind of a primary example of where school choice proves that things are gone right. Um, you know, they've rapidly expanded all forms of choice for two decades. The public schools have improved and most importantly, uh, the population of students seeing the biggest improvement has been the lower income students. Um, and just to take Miami, for example, it's the fourth largest school district in the country. 69% of their students do not attend their assigned zone district school and they haven't had an F-rated school in three years. Um, so, you know, the, the positive impacts of choice um, are evident um, and, and kind of out there for all to see. That, that's very impressive because in a large, diverse urban area like Miami, you might expect that there would have been some schools that would struggle to meet the criteria um, of, you know, the letter grading system and, and receive an F. And the fact that none have for four years, that's impressive. It is. And I think it speaks to the benefits of families having options and, and kind of, and you know, as, as a school leader too, Kathy, you know, when you know there are other options for families, um, you know, you always want to provide the best for the children, but it pushes you that much more to say, what are we doing uh, that we can improve on? What are we not doing that we should be doing? Um, and that sense of kind of competition to provide for the kids and be chosen by the parents uh, makes everyone better in my, in my opinion. Uh, yes, uh, well, I think you're probably very correct in that. So, um, Bruce, what are the impediments? What are the things that are keeping every state from having uh, some kind of choice program? So I'd say it starts with the voices of the parents um, and school leaders who want kids to have opportunities. You know, um, from the parent side, the more we can make parents aware that these scholarships exist um, and that they can eliminate barriers to taking their child to the school they want them to be in, the more interest we see. Um, in our most recent polling, we found that 71% of voters support school choice and parents having the options. Um, so there is the desire out there, but those parent voices need to be heard down at the legislature consistently um, to, to let their elected officials know we want options, we need options, we want that funding for our child to use it in the way we find most effectively. Um, and, and when it comes to schools, you know, I, I think one of the, the biggest barriers is we're so busy as school leaders, this is like another thing to add on to it. Um, but the reality is, Oftentimes, educational policy is not formed by educational experts and people doing the work in schools. Um, and the voices of educators are needed in order to, to frame effective policy that works for families. And so being able to talk to a legislator about why these programs are effective or why a program would be effective in a state um, is, is something school leaders can lend that would positively impact the process overall and eliminate some of the barriers. Um, because there are often questions when we try to establish uh, scholarships in states, you know, um, how do we know this really benefits kids? 
how do we know these schools will be accountable? And accountability gets brought up a lot. Um, and I'd argue in our, our private schools, especially our private Catholic schools, um, there are multiple layers of accountability. Um, and I'd love to be able to bring school leaders down to a legislature with their longitudinal data from their nationally norm reference tests and say, look at the growth of kids in our school over this three to five year period. Um, you know, here are all the ways we communicate with parents about how their kids are performing, not only academically, but in terms of, you know, social growth um, and, and share that with legislators so they're comfortable with the fact that accountability is taking place um, and these programs are serving kids well. And again, we are held accountable by parents who can choose not to come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. And if you've been a principal of the Catholic school, you've had those parents tell you why they're not coming back. So right. it, 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 you, we definitely are held accountable. Um, I, I was wondering, too. Um, so with with the choice, which which is a great thing and helps a lot of families, do we ever worry or do principals worry that the climate in their building is going to change because of choice? And what do you know about that? So from time to time, we, we hear that. Um, and it's not necessarily the, the school leaders that have the concerns. It's maybe people in the community who are voicing the concerns um, who have their kids in those schools. And, you know, I, I sometimes had those questions as a school leader myself. Um, and you know, what I took into account was what is our mission? What are we trying to accomplish? Um, and, and as Catholic school leaders, you know, we're trying to open our doors to as many people as possible to, um, you know, to, to work with kids, not only academically, but in their spiritual growth and their formation. Um, and so why, if it serves our mission, would we be concerned about that? Now, that being said, um, you know, when kids do come in from different backgrounds and different school experiences, I think it's beneficial to, as a school, not only the school leader, but teachers, school board, community members, every stakeholder, um, understand that sometimes we need to work to put programs into place that help those kids coming in from different environments um, to, to assimilate, to perform at the highest level and to provide for their needs as well. So, um, you know, one of our um, AFC state directors recently did a paper, The Warmth of Other Schools, um, that we have published on our website that addresses some common concerns we hear and ways school leaders across the nation have addressed those concerns in their communities, um, strategies they've used to, to really improve their school environments um, when those concerns arise. And I think it's like um, back in the day, way back earlier in my career, I started a lot of special ed programs and parents had similar concerns. You know, will, the, will this child with, um, with whatever disability, are they going to take time from my child? Will there be less time for the teacher to work with all students? Those, those things come up and I think it's a parent job to look out for their child. So I think they're natural, but I think the advantages so outweigh this when we, we look at it big picture. Um, you know, and the other thing is I have a lot of confidence in our teachers to handle differences. Um, I think they do it very well. No, I totally agree. And, you know, there are a number of school choice programs that are special ed specific, um, and they've provided a lot of pathways to parents who maybe aren't happy with the current situation and instructional model in their schools um, to get into a, a better environment for their child. And a lot of that has been structured by those teachers who are so dynamic in administration, willing to work with the programs um, and expand opportunities for families in their school. Uh, absolutely. And I, I think it's really important. So how long have you been doing this, Bruce? How long have you been involved with AFC? So I just completed my third year with AFC. Um, and, and it's been a learning experience because, as, as you know, Kathy, school choice is different everywhere. Um, no program is the same. And so when you move to one state, the, the concerns in one state or the opportunities in one state are not the same as they are in the next state. So 
Um, you kind of have to go along and, and learn everything, all the nuances, and then make sure as you're talking to school leaders, um, they understand what's specific to them while still kind of giving that overall of why this is positive for, for kids and families. Exactly. So Bruce, in the last three years, or if you want to go back further, it's okay with me, but what's the best lesson you've learned in your career? What's the best thing that you thought, I, I've learned this, I didn't know I would ever learn this, but this is really important. So I think the best lesson is, is the one you learn maybe your first year as a teacher for me, and that's you always have to keep the kids as the focal point of everything you do. Um, even though I'm not working in building level education right now, uh, and I'm working kind of on a more national level, uh, I have to remind myself always, this is about the kids and what's best for the kids. Um, and, and unfortunately, sometimes when you deal in, in policy and different things like that, um, you know, the, the kids aren't always the primary focus. There are other factors that kind of come into it. And so that's why one of my jobs is to better connect schools, parents uh, to the process itself so they can share that information with those forming and voting on policy to make sure the kids aren't forgotten in the, in the process. Right. And the other thing for people who are are thinking about school choice or, or I, I smile when I say it because when we were working on it in Indiana about 10 years ago and I was I was the person that had to get the parents and do all that to send them down to testify and I remember they said do never call it school choice always call it parental choice that was yeah. just my camera so when I say school choice I almost stop because I keep thinking it's about parent choice um and the nuances are there and 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 they may or may not matter but so it really has worked in all states I mean these laws have been challenged and yet we still have it correct Correct. So, uh, you know, it, you can pretty much write it down. As soon as the law passes, there will be a legal challenge to it uh, in a state. Um, and, and those challenges, you know, we've I don't think we've ever legislatively had a program repealed. Um, so, you know, those challenges have so far been pretty fruitless in a lot of places. Um, and school choices continue to expand at a rapid pace. That's what I thought that really, because I know parents are worried if we, we pull our kids and put them in the Catholic school, and then the then it's not legal. Will my child have to leave? And will I've disrupted them for no reason? So I think that's a very important fact that you know they've been challenged, but so far the courts have upheld them. It, it, that's been the case in my experience throughout this whole uh, time I've been with AFC, and um, you know just more more positives that have continued to pop up this year than ever. So I you know expect that to continue to be the case. Right. And, and the research is very clear, as you say, and there's a lot of research and it's growing, which is great that that shows all the advantages. It, I mean, it matters. Um, and in some neighborhoods, it matters because the non-public school has remained open and that helps to stabilize the neighborhood, too. So there there are a lot of impacts on this, you know, the ripples out from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, if you could may wave your magic wand. What's the one thing you would change about school choice or make better or do differently? Um, I think the, the one thing I would do, do differently or make better um, is, you know, to, to get school leaders more comfortable with the process, uh, the legislative process specifically. Um, you know, in the Catholic Church, obviously, it's nuanced. Um, you know, if you're a school leader or a teacher working with this, first, you want to understand the role that you can play within your diocese. Um, so you want to be talking to your superintendent, your Catholic conference director, especially who normally runs a point on those things 
and make sure you're following all the protocols that, that are in place to, to, you know, interact. And I'd encourage school leaders, you know, talk with your superintendents, talk with your Catholic conference director, ask what's going on. How can you be helpful? Not just in school choice, but in anything that's affecting Catholic schools in your diocese. Um, and so I think a lot of school leaders may not be as familiar with that legislative process and the ways they can be advocates in it. Um, and like I said, sometimes I think the feeling is this is one more thing, but it's an important thing. You know, we advocate for our kids on a daily basis. Um, this is a more formal type of advocacy, um, but it's very necessary to ensuring the best opportunities for the kids given to our care. That makes total sense to me. And I, again, it's about us being involved. It's important. And we all have too much to do. Every single one of us has too much to do, but this needs to be a bit of a priority so that we can grow these programs across the the nation. So um, enrollment in Catholic schools is down this year. We know that, but we, we also know that we see it itching up throughout the school past school year. And hopefully for the fall, we're going to see some improvements in enrollment. I expect to see improvements in enrollments. I think it's going to be good. Um, but school choice is not necessarily the answer to all the enrollment problems facing Catholic schools. And part of it, I think, is the involvement. And do we sell school choice to our neighbors, to our friends, to parents. So could you talk about that for a moment? Sure, I mean, I think awareness is the number one key, right? Um, you know, when we talk about why people aren't choosing Catholic schools, cost is frequently the, the barrier that comes up initially. Um, and so making parents aware that, you know, there are programs available that can help mitigate that barrier and allow them to enroll kids in the schools is, is a good first step, you know? Um, uh, on the school side, obviously, the, the enrollment piece, I think there's a lot of things we could look at in the space that would allow us as Catholic school leaders to be more dynamic. Um, competition is rising in a lot of places between types of schools. You have our Catholic schools, we have the public schools, we have charter schools, magnet schools, um, a lot of different types of options out there. And so one of the things I think that would be um, exceptional if Catholic schools in, in certain geographical areas who may see enrollment going down started looking at um, is ways to diversify the offerings that are there. Um, and, you know, if, if you have schools in a, in a geographic area who kind of decide, you know, we're going to be a, a, you know, classic model school, we're going to be a STEM school, we're going to be a school with an inclusion model um, and provide those options to parents. That's largely what, what these other versions of schools are starting to do. Um, and, and that could be something that impacts it too. Um, but kind of back to the, the choice focus, I, I think, if you look long-term at the benefits of, of expanding school choice, you know, as more and more parents learn that cost isn't the barrier that they thought it was, it allows them to look at the other things that make our Catholic schools exceptional. Um, and so um, once you can get them in the door, they see that, hey, we can you know, afford tuition here. Um, they get to look at all the other wonderful things that'll be, be done for their children and, and the ways they'll be involved in the community. Um, that can do anything but encourage more people to, to enroll in our Catholic schools. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think that's the key. And again, the awareness factor, we cannot we cannot assume people know because they don't. So I, I think you're you're right on with that. Bruce, we have just a minute left. What what's your parting words, your parting advice to those who are listening to our podcast today? Um, I, I think my parting words would be, you know, if you want more information on, on school choice, please visit, visit us at www.federationforchildren.org. Um, you can learn more about our, our organization, the work we do with schools um, and parents nationwide um, to help not only promote the programs, but to, to expand them and provide more options to families. 
Um, and, and then I think I just close Kathy with kind of something we, we already talked about. Um, I'm hoping that all of our school personnel are having a fairly restful summer um, as, as they look to go back to what will hopefully be um, a more normal school year. Um, but we'd love to be of help to, to any state or any schools uh, in existing or, or emerging school choice states um, that feel they'd want more information on, on any part of marketing programs, working with parents, um, being those advocates for the programs. We'd love to talk with them and, and see how we can be of help to them. That's great. And thank you, Bruce, for making yourself available because that, you know, it starts with one family and, and it goes from there. So if you have that family at your school who, who's saying they can't afford it, they can't be here, maybe they would join us in this cause to make to expand these programs and make them more available to, to students everywhere because it's important that every child gets the best education that they need. To, to be successful. So um, I always say that it's not, we don't want school choice because we're against any other kind of school. We want school choice because it's right for children. Again, as you said, bring kids first. That's so thank you, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate you too. And please join us next time for another episode of the NCA podcast. Mm-hmm.